Hello. I'm here today with a pal called Mark Adamoulas. He's a sports coach um, who works with athletes and happens to be the well-being officer and manager for the FA at the moment. And I'm sure is doing a very, very good job. So um, we met online through a, a mutual friend and we met in real life recently and got on super well. So it's a pleasure to be with you today, Mark. And how do you feel today? Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I'm okay. Um, remarkably, I think for me, I feel well rested the last few few weeks, um, which isn't something that is particularly common. Uh, it's something I've had to kind of work on a little bit more. I've got, it's got to be, there's a lot more intent around it and there's a lot more effort that I put into feeling well rested recently. Um the like you've pointed out the um I, I work for the fa um we've got a couple of months a month or so in the summer when um things get a little bit quieter now I certainly wouldn't use the term quiet but a little bit quieter certainly than they are in the spring or the autumn um so there's a natural kind of cadence that's tailed off a little bit um and equally I think the uh, despite the fact that the weather's been absolutely shocking recently, um, it's kind of there's more more opportunities to do stuff when the days are a bit longer. So you can it's more appealing to go out in the morning. Um, you can easily go to go for a walk or a run at nine o'clock at night, and it's not pitch black and cold and all of that like it is in December. Um, so actually, I think I feel quite good recently. Um, I think that's largely due to, due to the season, but also to an extent due to the attention and effort um, that I've sort of put behind that. No, excellent. And it's a funny thing feeling rested, isn't it? Um, mm. I don't get an awful lot of sleep at the moment for various reasons, but I still feel pretty good. Mm. Um, do you put it down to getting more sleep or is it the other things you've put in place in life? in the, the, you know, the changes you've made? Yeah. Um, I think it's a very good question. So, so I think, I think sleep is quite important. Um, but I also sort of think a lot of the, actually ironically, a lot of the work I do is with people around recovery and recovery, recovery doesn't mean having a siesta or making sure you get your eight out or, or whatever. It can actually just mean having a period in the day where you're able to embed some recovery time and it's not all going a hundred mile an hour. And, um, I do inevitably think that for better or for worse, I'm getting a decent amount of sleep at the moment. I'll probably say I'm getting seven, seven and a half hours average. I certainly don't think I get eight many nights, but, um, I am getting seven, seven and a half, which is quite good for me. Um, I've had my issues with sleep in the past, so I have had times where I'll, I'll go to bed at 11 or 12 and I'll be absolutely shattered and I'll be wide awake at four o'clock because something's crept into my mind or something's, it's a particularly stressful period. So um, I, I do think that is a factor that I am getting enough at night, but also I'm being proactive and purposeful and intentional with other habits like when I switch off from work, what I do first thing in the morning, um, the amount of 
time that I'm willing to give stuff um, and things like that. So I think it's a combination of both. I couldn't uh, I couldn't tell you what what amount you know where the where the blend is between the two because I think mm. both things are very very important. Um, I think you need both, but obviously it does also come down to the individual and the choices that we make sometimes and yeah, just who we are and what we've got going on sort of thing. So in a relatively privileged position at the moment where, you know, a few of the things that were particular stressors over the last couple of years and experiences like that have sort of subsided. And I'm now kind of, I'm enjoying the moment and I'm looking over my shoulder for the next thing to to hit us, the next tidal wave coming. That thing about enjoying the moment is um, huge as well, isn't it? And learning how to appreciate that. Yeah, and I think I've probably been guilty maybe over the course of my life of of not giving myself enough credit for stuff. Um, I've always prided myself kind of on working hard and being dedicated to whatever I try and do most of the time. You know, I think we all have our moments where that sort of wavers because of energy or because of health, whether that be physical or mental or whatever. But I've always sort of prided myself of, well, you don't need a pat on the back every time you do a good job. Because yeah. you're meant to do a good job, you should be doing a good job if you, you know, if you've got the right things around you and you're getting the opportunities and you've got a decent work ethic. But um, I think I've probably been guilty of that of not appreciating sometimes how good a job I've done or actually just doing a decent job. And I've sort of taken it as a bit of a given. And then when things haven't gone to plan, whether that's because of something that I've done as a person or an individual or circumstances around me or other people's choices and behaviors i probably i'd probably stew on that a lot more than i'd appreciate the successes but i've sort of landed on the fact that a lot of things in life are just things um yeah I've, i mean of course you could pigeonhole and label some things i think the very <laughs> i think that the things that we label as positives or negatives or good or bad tend to be the extremes so you know, death of a close family member, I don't think many people would put that in the positive category. Um, you know, um, birth of a child or something like that, you know, buying a house, or, you know, the, the, the big, big stuff. I don't, equally, I don't think there'd be many people in life that would put that in the negative category. I think that's all sort of overwhelmingly positive. But equally, a lot of the day-to-day stuff is just stuff. Mm. But I think sometimes we're very quick to, quick to label and pigeonhole stuff into, oh, that's a positive. Oh, that's that's really bad. Well, no, it's just something. It's It's got upsides and downsides. It's just, I think, by default, we'll end up looking at choosing a side of the coin that we look at and not acknowledging the say, the whole coin, if that makes sense. It does. And, and often, I've, only, I've learned this myself the hard way, but um, often making it far more personal than it actually is. Yeah, for sure. Um, I had a, I had a, I, th- I think this is what kind of comes sometimes with discretionary, some, my experience anyway, is that with discretionary effort, kind of coming back to what I, I sort of said there, when you feel like you put the effort into doing something and it doesn't work, I think it's only human that you get more upset or annoyed or frustrated than if you'd just put half an effort in. Because you sort of think, well, hang on, I've I've invested a lot of time and energy and emotion and skill and all of that into it. And I had a period of time, I had a bit of a wake-up call 
um, in 2011, where circumstances in my life had changed quite drastically um, on the personal front, um, on the professional front, etc. And um, I had a bit of a year where I probably wasn't well. And I think the get the best way to put it is, so I, I say what, I'll, I'll always sort of joke about it and say that I had a I had a I had a summer in bed, but it wasn't in the good way. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. So I was just angry at the world. I was angry at everything. I was frustrated. I felt cheated, hard hard done by all of these sort of things. And I mean, with the benefit of you know, ten fifteen years, you look back, and with the benefit of being you know, in my early, early twenties at the time and not being in my early, early twenties now, um, you sort of realized that it, nothing was personal. It was just circumstance. It was just life. It was just the cards you were dealt. It was all of the other cliches and platitudes that we could, we could use. Um, but that's when the penny dropped Mm. for me. That was when the penny dropped and it was like, you're wasting so much energy beating yourself up or you know being angry at something the world the universe whatever it's not the best use of your time and energy mate is it you know so it was it was almost that i had to figure it out i don't want to say the hard way because it's again it's life i'm tremendously grateful for that experience as as troublesome and as probably very unhealthy as it was at the time my goodness that was that's one of the best periods most productive periods of my life because of what i had to do to sort of i don't want to say recover from it but move forward from it to grow yeah yeah no i can relate to it entirely um and i think i mine wasn't as immediate in that i slept walked hmm. and you know it slowly diminished until there was nothing of me left almost and then reaching a crunch point meant that You've got to make a choice, haven't you? And in making yeah. that choice, you um, if if you choose to uh, help yourself, because there's not a lot of help out there, mm. then you inevitably are going to grow a hell of a lot quicker than if you don't reach that point. So I, I know exactly what you mean about almost being grateful for it. It sounds bizarre, doesn't it? But yeah. I do feel quite the same in that I enjoy life now in a way that I never have previously. Mm. And it's because of learning how to live as a consequence of that yeah and i think actually sometimes we get when you know people will use the term stuck in a rut and things like that and it is i think we're stuck in a routine we're stuck in a sort of existence where our habits are our habits our relationships are our relationships our daily interactions are our daily interactions when we're kind of in that rut and in that moment we don't always realize that actually, mate, this probably isn't the best thing for you. This isn't the best use of your time, the best mood to be in, the best, all of this sort of stuff. And I do actually think, you know, our habits do kind of govern where we go. I'm not talking about the extreme cases here where people are particularly ill or, no, or something no, like that, but just for, just sort of for a, you know, for a person who's in not particularly poor health, I actually think, and this is this is the conclusion that I've sort of come to based on my own shortcomings. Um, 
getting up in the morning. I know you've got a thing about making the bed. <laughs> um, I, my, my thing is, I need to, I need to go for a walk, or I need immediate sunlight, or I need to have a shower straight away, and it's that sets me up for the day. Now, we live in the UK; sunlight isn't always available. Daylight isn't always available if you get up at half five, six, seven. You know, quarter past eight. I think it gets light in deep December where we are. Mm. Um, but equally, I think there's an intention and a purpose about it. Um, I don't, under any circumstances, stay in bed when I've woken up in the morning. Um, I wake up and I'm straight out. As in, if you reach for your phone, if you just sat there, if you start scrolling, I mean, this is my personal take. I'm not criticizing, you know, it's just just what I've found works for me. I start the day in a bit of a lethargic way. Um, whereas when I get up, I wake up, I see the time and some mornings it might be 10 past five, some mornings it might be 20 to six. I don't set an alarm unless I absolutely have to, because I know most of the time I'll wake up somewhere in the region. If I could, if I, if I was to give you the average, I wake up at between half five and half six every day, nine days out of 10, I'm in that window. Um, bizarrely today, and maybe it's cause I do feel well rested. It was 10 to seven. Um, but today's <laughs> an outlier. I woke, I woke up and you know, checked the time, and I thought, oh, six fifty-one. Jesus, slacking a bit, are you? You know that part timer. Um, so six fifty-one, and I was, I was actually quite surprised because I'd, I'd normally be awake before then, uh, like definitely like nine, nine times out of ten. Um, but then straight up, you know. You know, draw the curtains, um, get in the shower. Um, and the other thing that I did yesterday, I'd I'd run a bath maybe about sort of six to eight centimetres, maybe about sort of three, 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 four inches, whatever, deep. And I chucked a load of ice in it because oh, wow. <laughs> I was wearing... No, 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 I didn't go all the way in. Don't, don't worry about that. Um, I was wearing some new shoes yesterday for the first day and my feet were absolutely battered. So I came back yesterday and I did that and I stood in the bath and I literally had probably just above my ankles, I had my feet in there for a while, you know, among the ice cubes to the point where it was quite uncomfortable and to the point where I then went to bed and I thought, your feet are still cold. Um, but I did that. I stood, I'd left the, um, I'd left the water in the bath and I went back this morning. Obviously it wasn't ice cold because the ice had melted away, but it was still pretty cold so put your feet in there have a cold shower at the same time you're getting the double whammy and uh safe to say i was i was awake um after that but i think it's it's that really it's sort of the habits that you you kind of get yourself into um i think I, I, i do subscribe to the following we don't always have the motivation to get action but if we act like motivation follows action you've just got to Sometimes you've just got to pull the plaster off, pull your socks up, pull, you know, whatever whatever you want to sort of finish the sentence with, because there are some more rude versions of that than than other others. Um, you've just got to get get your backside in gear and do something, start the process. Yeah. Um and then actually you have you feel good because of all the chemicals that are released into our brains and how that 
then impacts the way we physically and mentally feel. Um, you know, the it's the whole thing about the what runners say, the first the, the toughest step in a run is the first one out the door. Mm. You might have had a long day, you might have be might be shattered, you might all of these things and but when you get out there, you feel great. And actually for a few hours afterwards, you feel great. But when you've just come back from work and you collapse on the sofa because you've had a long day, is the most attractive thing putting your trainers on and getting changed and going for a run? Probably not. So I've almost sort of I'm in a I'm in a I'm in a good space at the moment, which feels like a bit of a privilege, A in general, B for me, because I'm not always. Um and I've got examples in the recent past where it's not quite been the case but it's almost like i've got a very i have very rational conversations with myself whereby you know if i time my meal so that i've got three hours before i hit the hay or if i can hold off when i have my coffee in the morning because i know that there's a physiological benefit to it to having it a little bit later and not straight out of bed, which is what I always used to do. Typical Greek, I'd have about eight coffees a day. Um, I probably now have about four now. Um, I don't have a coffee in the afternoon to get a bit of a pick-me-up because I know that has a knock-on effect later in the evening. Um, So all of these little habits that I can see the benefit of, um, it's easy to do them because I've got the proof and I've got the evidence that they work. And you it's feel much, better, don't you? Yeah, the, it's a much the proof in terms of feeling better. Yeah, and it's a it's a much more rational conversation whereby my, you know, the hormones in my brain aren't going eat that sugary breakfast because you need a lift. Yeah. Well, no, I actually know if I do that, I feel great for half an hour, and not great for the rest of the day. Believe it or not, I had a. Um, I actually had a, a a real sort of joy of um, I had breakfast with my dad the other day, which we don't often do, um, just because he works, I work, I travel. He's, you know, it doesn't happen to be, and we were out, and I sort of thought, I'm not entirely sure I want the the full cooked breakfast at quarter to nine in the morning, and we were at a very nice bakery with very nice pastries and very good coffee so immediately it's it, it's what it, it's a happy place for me because you know guys you've you and i have, have talked plenty where you know the 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 food and the the coffee and the the drink and the social connection side all of that social social stuff really kind of feeds into being i'll always say to people 80 percent greek you know, you, you, I, I'm the type of person who goes for lunch with someone and just eats for half an hour and chats for three hours, that sort of thing. Um, that's just who I am. So walking in, spending time with my dad, which I don't get to do very often and not not out of choice. We're just busy. You know, got Still, very, yeah. very strong, very good relationship, thankfully. So you're going into this place and um, I'm having the coffee and I'm having the biggest hazelnut croissant you've ever seen <laughs> that was immaculate taste-wise and everything but probably was one and a half million grams of sugar straight into my brain at quarter to nine in the morning which i don't do because i don't eat before one o'clock um just my own i won't go into all of that boring detail oh, i didn't know that i do i did the same uh, i've got an eating window so me meeting when we met you know um 
when we caught up was rather serendipitous because it was the beginning of, of my eating window. I say this is where I sort of I'm quite animalistic in 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 some ways. I'm, I always say to people, I'm like a dog. I need to be walked first thing in the morning and last thing at night to to do things. And when I talk about feeding time, sometimes sort of people think, you know, are you like a a snake in a in a in in, in a in a, in a in a tank where people drop mice in or is it is it bigger is it like the zoo where they just you know chuck a carcass in at a particular time and it's like well you don't have to make it that graphic but it is it's the feeding window i know when i eat and i eat twice a day well two main meals a day and i tick myself over with a um a bit of fruit and some nuts mid-afternoon and and that that works for Mm. for me but kind of got off on a bit of a tangent here which i know probably isn't a isn't very isn't uncommon for me. B you probably get people go off That's on a bit fine. of a tangent, you know. Totally fine. Um, but kind of coming back to the you change your habits. Well, can I just interrupt a sec, Mark? The thing with your dad, I you know I, a lot of what you're talking about, I mirror entirely. Mm. Probably not as um, not not perhaps not as um, disciplined. And that's the one thing, isn't it? It doesn't. I think when we met last, I was saying, oh, it's all aspirational for me, meaning I try mm. to do that every day. Mm. But then something will trump it one day. And for you, your dad coming along and being able to have breakfast, who trumps it that day? It's and quality fine, time, isn't it? 100%. Yeah, 100%. I think um, <laughs> there's two things. I think there's, I love what you said about being aspirational. I've been through phases probably where I'm not well, where I pull my socks up or I get my backside in gear or whatever else you want to use for it. And I become too disciplined. Yeah. Whereby I don't go out with people because if it's outside of the time that I can eat, I just wouldn't do it. Yeah. I'd make an excuse, which isn't a good place to be because you're missing out on social interaction. And actually, I could have dinner at 8 p.m. one night <laughs> and I could see some friends and get a lot of positive energy from that. Completely. And it could be a two hour window until I go to bed or three or two and a half and it wouldn't be three but that's not going to destroy the universe if you do that once <laughs> um, and similarly I'm not going to miss out on an opportunity to have breakfast with my dad because it's a time that's not that I don't that I'm, I actively make a choice not to eat how selfish is that I'm not going to miss out on that you know um, but equally, if if you do, I'll always sort of think about that's what I you know you 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 said aspirational. I talk about people having intentions yeah. and fulfilling yeah. them most of the time. Yeah. If I have the world's biggest hazelnut croissant once a week for breakfast at nine o'clock in the morning, and the rest of the days I stick to my schedule, I'm going to be mm-hmm. absolutely fine. It doesn't have to be, it never is perfect. There's never, it's never perfect. I think it's something I've sort of picked up recently. Um, it's a bit of a sort of theme in, in leadership and and culture and stuff like that. But I, I think it's cut just boils down to human behavior. Sort of people talk about the say-do gap. Um, so the gap between what you say you're going to do and what you actually do. Now, I've not met anyone and I don't know whether person exists out of the 7 billion in the world or however many of us there are for whom the say-do gap is zero. We all 
want to do great things. Inevitably, life gets in the way. Circumstances check all of these things. Sometimes we don't quite do it. We don't quite hit it. As long as my say-do gap, as a human being, the way I behave, the things I set out to do, my lifestyle, my time with my family, all of that, as long as the say-do gap is minimal, I'm okay with that. Um, I'm not going to get numerical. I don't know what the acceptable range is. I probably know where, I certainly know when the gap between say and do is too big because I've not done or I've not been remotely close to doing what I wanted to do and what my intentions were. And that happens. But equally, I know that most of the time, if it's quite small, I'm doing okay because I know what I need to be doing. The challenge is consistently delivering on that with life happening at the same time. Completely. And when you talked about um, that and in conjunction with how many things are going on and building habits, Mm. what I found in my own life is when there was so many things going on that I couldn't do any of them particularly well because you have sort of firefight in. Sure. One of the healthiest things I found, but it took a long time to sort of realize this and put it into practice was by limiting what I actually had to do so that I was still able to fulfill those things to the best of my ability. Mm. And then as time goes on, you can start to reintroduce other things. But I felt Mm. I had to strip things back first. Otherwise, I was just creating this um, dilemma of constantly feeling like I wasn't, Mm. I was just letting myself down all the time, as opposed to by limiting the things, I wasn't letting myself down because I was still able to complete certain things. I'd always complete obligations for other people first. And then you yeah, find your own obligations come, the things you yeah. want to do for yourself come absolutely last and then get to the point yeah. where you just literally don't do them. Yeah. You're that, you're that type of guy. I'm that type of guy, person, whatever you want to call it. Um, I think we'd, you know, we'd do anything for other people, but we don't always realize what we need to do for ourselves. Yeah. And I actually think people who are in helping professions are very geared towards that. I've come to realize that, you know, it's that whole metaphor of fit your own oxygen mask first. Yeah, inevitably, <laughs> inevitably, the better condition you're in, I'm in, people are in, the more effective they're going to be, A, in looking after themselves, B, in being available and, and capable of supporting loved ones, friends, colleagues, being impactful in their work and all of that sort of stuff. Um, I think there's a, excuse me, there's certainly an ego thing in there for me personally. When I have to lower the bar, when I have to move closer to the target because I'm missing left, right, and center because I'm doing too much or I'm shooting from too far away. I got given a, I got given some wise words by um, one of my lecturers during my undergrad. I was in, that was the first time in my life I was struggling with stuff. Um, close friend of mine had just passed away and I remember being and bear in mind for like a for a 20 year old bloke to do this with someone that they've got a very formal relationship with at the time I just remember going to his office because I was way behind and struggling in general um I just remember within about 30 seconds I was bawling out crying going through everything that was going on and um he he was brilliant. Um, he just said to me, he he knew, he understood me as a human being, which is 
I think, great quality for someone in that position to have to understand who people are as human beings, um, as individuals. And he knew, he knew of my love of basketball and that was the thing. And I still, to this day, Gaz, I've got my basketball under my desk. And when I've got a problem, I sit and I hug my basketball. Oh. Um, because it, it, it just feels familiar and you just end up, whatever so he said to me he said to give you the basketball analogy if you're sh- shooting from you know miles away and you're missing left right and center if actually you want to get some success you just move closer you go underneath the hoop and you just knock it in as in park your ego because it is your ego park your ego of i should be able to do this i ought to be able to do that this is rubbish this is whatever you you're useless. You, all of these wonderful, colourful things that we'll tell ourselves when we're being quite, quite mean and, and, and cruel to ourselves. He said, park your ego and move closer to the hoop. And That's brilliant. Metaphorically, yeah, he's, brilliant. He, was, he, was brilliant. he was a brilliant guy. He's a brilliant guy. Um, I owe him a lot, you know, and I think you, you sort of, you know, I did do that. Uh, I stopped spreading. I stopped. I lowered the bar. I moved closer to the hoop use whatever analogy you want to do. And I think that shaped me um, because that was very, very early. That was before I started anything professionally. That was more than 15 years ago. And I think that was the time where I thought, wow, in a critical position, people can have a significant impact on other people's lives. You wouldn't talk about it or brag about it or whatever. I'm sure he's not. You know, I'm sure the person I'm talking about didn't go off and say, oh, bloody hell, I hit the reset button for someone today. It was transformational. It was amazing. (laughs) Um, But inevitably, it's that sort of, that was possibly the first time where um, I realized, okay, one other individual can have a significant impact on another individual's life and it can change for the better. Not that you become the messiah or whatever else you want to call it, but quality conversations, human conversations, understanding and being empathetic towards the other person. Just having a chat, having a natter, whether it's in a in an office in a university or on a bench or you know, whatever it is. And a lot of the time, a lot of the work that I do um ends up being I know, you know, I've got a rough idea of what's going on with the other person. And it's like, right, do you want to go for a walk? Yeah, fine. Grab a grab a coffee, grab a bottle of water, go for a walk, sit on a bench, just 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 interact in as natural a way as possible and you you sort of soon get to the bottom of the problem but i mean i get to i love what i do i love how things have worked out for me and uh unbelievably grateful for what i get to do for a living and 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 stuff but just deeply appreciative for to the amount of people who have been so good to me along the way and um have opened my eyes to to just doing good in the world, being a force for good. And I guess it's one of those things where you want to, something I was told by someone else a very long time ago was, um, I thank them for, for an opportunity that they'd given me that was mind blowing, um, given, you know, where they were in the food chain and where I was in the food chain. And um, I s- remember saying to them, I said, well, um, I can never ever repay you for this opportunity, but I'd 
I, I have to let you know that I'm just grateful beyond anything for the amount of time you've taken out of your schedule, the amount of energy that you've put into supporting me for the, this, that, the other. And all they said was, Mark, um, all I've done is passed you a ladder. You've climbed up it yourself, but you've got to promise to pass it on and you've got to leave it there for the next person. You don't pull it up behind you. And that's really stuck with me. Um, you know, so that's something I'll always try and do. And I just, I, I wish more happened. I'm not saying other people don't do it. Clearly that's, you know, not inter- not correct. But I do sort of think if we were a little bit more collegiate and understanding and empathetic as a society, um, I think we'd be in a better place in general. But yeah, that's me off my soapbox now. Well, it's brilliant, Mark. I couldn't have said any of that. Well, I couldn't have said it so well. And I love, I think you're spot on when you talk about the conversations. And it's so weird, isn't it? Because that's what we are doing now. And the reason we are doing this is that hopefully someone listening in might get helped. And that thing with the basketball thing, I really do Mm. hope someone's hearing that now and is thinking, oh my God, yeah, I've just got to go a bit closer to the target because that's fantastic. And the thing with passing it on, spot on so many people do and so many people don't but mm. i just love the idea i think we said this the other day of everyone gives and everyone receives if everyone gives everyone yeah. receives yeah, super, yeah you know yeah so for sure and I, th- I think i think as a, the main thing that stood out for me and i'm not saying it's going to be the case for everyone it's you know i know you're big into mindfulness and you're big into sort of acknowledging what's what's there without judgment and all of that sort of stuff i think sense check-in if it's ego that's in the way yeah (laughs) and just if it is there's no judgment on that just sort of say you know if the if the reason you're sort of unwilling to lower the bar for yourself or move closer to the hoop is it is your ego it's going you should be doing this you ought you know whatever don't lower your standards don't whatever i think a lot of the time it's that self-judgment and pride to say you know to use another term that sometimes people use it's that ego and that pride that people have yeah that prevents them from making progress i just think park it for a day do a few things differently and see what comes comes of it sort of thing i i haven't got there yet with this right but i came across something recently which is fantastic like that where it's not saying do this or do that mm. it's just when you have a desire mm. to just notice it it's a bit like if you have an urge to have a drink or if you have an urge for anything, mm. whatever it is, mm. notice that desire. And the more mm. you start noticing it, you realize how much you're governed by that desire, by different desires. And then the more you realize that, you start to realize eventually over time, this is pointless. Mm. And it's an easier way of sort of letting mm. go of it gradually. And mm. like I said, I'm not there yet, but I am starting mm. to notice more and more how much I'm governed by small little desires. And it's the urges, isn't it? that we get and it's the urges when when you feel a little bit weak sometimes when you know i've i'll give you an example my my weight goes up and down like a like a jack in the box always been the case i have weeks and years where i'm in really good shape and I've, i have other years which i'm not in great shape at all what are the things that because i've i i have that desire um a lot is People sometimes say to me, oh my goodness, Mark, your, your, your discipline and willpower is off the charts. I'm like, no, it isn't. I just don't put myself in that situation. They're like, what do you mean? It's like, well, I don't go 
within 50 meters of the confectionery island Tesco's. I just don't go down there because I don't have the willpower. I can't walk down the confectionery aisle. So I just choose to remove myself from that thing. And inevitably, I say that slightly tongue in cheek, right? But one of the things that I never do, I never go to the supermarket if I'm due a feeding time because you end up buying all sorts of stuff that you wouldn't buy if your brain wasn't going, you're hungry, mate. You need this, you need that, you need the other. Um, so there, they, there you go. There's some insight. It's normally um, the, yeah, that sort of side of things. Oh, it's been great, Mark. We, we, uh, um, I said to you when we started this, we'd be about half an hour. That's great. We're, we- we're well over and it's been well, fab. Um, really enjoyed so it, guys. Thank, thank you. you. Oh, it's brilliant. But is it, I was going to say you've left us with so much anyway, but is there any little snippet you'd like to leave us with before we go? Or um, absolutely no pressure if there's not? Yeah, I think. I think making a start for people is key if they want to change things. And I acknowledge that, my goodness, it can feel like the smallest change can feel like, you know, being at Everest boot, uh, base camp and looking upwards. I get that. Yeah. I've been there, definitely. Um, so I think that would be one thing. I think I'd lean into what you can control, as in we've got a choice Sometimes we've got a choice about what time we can go to bed or what time we get up in the morning. We can control whether we make our bed after ourselves. We can control whether we can jump in the shower or something like that. Um, Giving ourselves a pat on the back when we do do something, no matter how in our minds or our ego talking, no matter how small it is, just acknowledge it, give yourself the credit. And I think just being better connected to other people, I think is really, really important. Um, but yeah, make a start and motivation more than not, more often than not follows action. You've got to do it once. You've got to get that buzz in your body and go, oh, that was worthwhile. I fancy doing that again. Um, you know, and, and, and that. So uh, I'm all out, guys. That's that's what kind of springs to mind as a, as a start of a 10. But oh, thanks, thanks Honestly. for having me on. Really, really enjoyed it. Really, really enjoyed it. It's fab. And uh, we'll get that swim in next time we meet. We will, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> hopefully it's not hosing it down. Um, and yeah, we'll, uh, we'll do that. All right. It's been great. Thanks, Mark. Cheers. Bye. Champion, guys. Thank you.